Thank you, Jesus. It's good to see you all again. For those that don't know me, uh, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here. Hello. <laughs> so I got the privilege of coming up and sharing what God was talking to me about. And it was, it was funny, you know, uh, yesterday or last week, you know, Dwayne's preaching. And God just like talking to me about this. And, and it was, I, I kind of laughed because I'm like, you know, stop interrupting me. The pastor's preaching, you know. <laughs> and so I've been carrying this thing all week long and it's just been like letting it roast inside of me and cook and simmer. And so I want to give that to you today. So I want to start by asking a question. Um, are you tired of getting hammered by the enemy? She's like, yes. I want you to know, like, that's normal to go through that experience. Right? It's, not, it's not abnormal. It's not, it's not necessarily that, like, you're doing anything wrong. But I would say, in a lot of ways, I think we struggle with knowing how to navigate the process God has for us. Right, because we have to come to an agreement. Like this is not the way it's supposed to be. Right, it's important because if I settle for, yeah, I get beat up by the enemy. Yeah, I'll never be like financially stable and be blessed in finances. Yeah, I'll never be able to pray for someone and have them get healed. Yeah, I'll never be able to be prophetic, or I'll never be able to operate in the spiritual realm, or I'll never be able to do relationships well, right? If, if I have that belief, I mean, I've already lost, right? That's where the enemy's got me. And, and you're designed to actually have victory over that, even though you might not realize it yet, right? And so there is a process God has for you. There is a way that God comes to us, operates with us, to move us to where we can have victory in our life. And that's what I want to talk about today. And so I want to talk about a couple of things first just to set the, set the stage for like definitions uh, that you understand what I'm talking about when I talk about these things. And, and so first thing I want to talk about is like when you think of a blessing, what do you think of a blessing as, right? And there's all kinds of different ways God blesses us. So I, like I asked this to a group of people earlier this week, and you know, one of the responses was around like, just being in situations where like, the, what God's provided on the earth is a blessing. And I would absolutely agree. Like I was up in the mountains, Smoky Mountains, when I went on vacation. That was a blessing just being there. It's like God's creation to me is a wonderful blessing. But that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about blessing today. When I'm talking about blessing today, I'm talking about when God actually steps into our situation in a way that changes things, okay? In a way we recognize them. Because it's not really a blessing if I don't recognize it, right? Because if, 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 if God steps into my situation, I'll, it, I'll give you an example of one of the, the first blessings that I really recognized God was stepping into my situation. Um, I just came into church like, I know I need God. I I'm, got my wife and we're just brand new. We're, we haven't been married just for a few months. And you know, like, we're going to church, we're going to find God because I know I need to be filled with the Spirit of God. I know I've had ex these experiences already where he's, he's introduced himself to me, right? So I'm, I'm looking for, I'm going to find a place, right? And so we start going to church. I am Joe Bucky Private, 
you don't make no money when you're private, right? So we ain't got nothing. I ain't got a car, you know. I think I was borrowing a bicycle to get to work. You know, it, it was just, it was really, you know, it, it, you, some people say, well, that's kind of pathetic. Yeah, well, that was just life, right? You know, when you got nothing, that's what you live with. And I'm asking God, you know, I need help, we need a car. And we hear about a car, like, and so I ain't got no money, but I got 500 bucks in this, in this out of nowhere. Hey, so-and-so has this car in their driveway. They want to get it out of the driveway. They'll give it to you for five bucks if you can get it out of the driveway for 500 bucks. So it's raining, go over there. Right? Oh, the battery's not working. Go get a battery, stick a battery, boom, starts up, we drive away. I'm like, well, that was amazing. You know, thank you, Jesus. That's exactly what I needed. So now, I could, you know, that was back in the days when cars were boats, right? This was a Chrysler Newport. You know, if you want to take a nap with a family, you can go in the trunk, right? You can take a nap. And, and so this car, and I've had it for about a year. And after a year, and I'm, I'm up in Fort Hood, and if you, if, if you go back like many, many years, like there was almost nothing in between 35 and Fort Hood. And, 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 and so we're driving and then we're out in the middle of nowhere and the heart car, and I'm, oh, this is not good, you know? And, and, and the oil pressure drops and pull over the side of the road. We're like, oh, just me and my wife, you know, Jesus, what are we going to do? You know, we've been told you can pray for things and God shows up, right? Never heard anybody praying for a car though, right? So let's go, we're going to try this. Like, so we laid hands on the car, right? And we're like, in Jesus' name, Lord, you know what we need? Help us get this thing, make this thing work. Like, look at my wife, go in. It starts right back up. And we're like, well, take it, Jesus, right? And so I drive down the road. Never really have a problem with the car. I think one time I replaced the, the alternator with it, right? First time I ever did mechanics in my life. I grew up in California, L.A., Orange County. And, uh, and so I didn't realize the blessing at the time, right? But later on, somebody, which, which is another blessing, right, because I still have this old car and I still don't make that much money, says, hey, I got this brand new short block and uh, I'll sell it to you. Right, for pretty cheap. And then I, this other guy in the church is like, hey, I'll help you put it in. He's a mechanic, right? He's like, we'll put it in. We'll get it in the car for you. Well, he pulls the engine apart. And he's like, I don't know how this engine worked. He's like, they're, they're, like, if you don't know anything about mechanics, forgive me, right? Because I know enough to get by. But it pulls oil out of the bottom pan where you change the oil, right? And it collects the oil. And it goes up this tube. And this tube, he's like, it's got this little tiny hole in it. He's like, I don't know how the oil got up to the top for this thing to work. And so this whole time, the thing runs like a champ, right? And, it, and it's like God's doing it. God shows up in our lives in ways that if I wouldn't have recognized it, I wouldn't have, like, that was a crazy, amazing blessing God did, right? So he shows up in our lives in blessings. And so that's what I mean when a blessing, like God steps in you. You might be here today and you, you would experience God come and give you a hug. Maybe you hear him say, I love you. Like that experience is God stepping into your life. That is a blessing to us, right? Had a situation Friday. Someone who I'm connected with is connected with somebody else, and they're like, hey, they want you to come and pray. They've got somebody that's really sick in the hospital, been in ICU for a month, 
right? And so I'm, I, I'm feeling after God. I'm like, oh, let's go do this, right? So I'm going to go away. I'm going to step into that situation because I've experienced healing. I've experienced God use me to flow through me so other people would heal. I've seen other people healed. I know he heals. I've learned how to access he- heaven. So when I step into that situation, I'm expecting God to move and to bless the other person. So in this, uh, because I've uh, experienced God, right? I've seen things. I've experienced him. He's talked to me. He's working with me. He's developing me. Now I am free to step into that situation without fear. You see how blessings work? See, blessings work in that he's blessing me to change me so that I can turn around and give away God's stuff. Okay? So let's, let's, let's I'm going to ask another question. What's the promised land in the Bible? When the Bible talks about the promised land, what is the promised land? So promised land, I'm going to talk about some more is the, the land that when God had an encounter with Abraham, Abraham chooses to follow his voice. God says, you know what? I'm going to bless all the people of the world. I'm going to bless your descendants. I'm going to bless people that aren't your descendants. I'm going to bless everybody because of, of what you're choosing to follow my voice and actually walk with me. And he says, I'm going to give your, your descendants some land. And it's a land of promise, right? That's what it's talking about in, in the Old Testament scripture. But for us, Jesus shows up and he says, the kingdom of heaven is near. If you will reach out your hand, you can touch it. I've come that the kingdom might be in you. So the promised land for us isn't like the ground. Like I bought seven acres recently, right? In a lot of ways, for me, it's God's using that to show me some things about what it's like to walk in promise and favor and stuff like that. But that's not the promised land. Right? The promised land is what goes on in my heart that, it, that, it, that when I step more and more into my identity, I'm stepping more and more into the promises of what God actually sent Jesus to die for. Jesus died so that I can be the person he created me to be. My heart, my soul, when it is transforms and it becomes who I'm designed to be, that's the promised land. Because in the promised land, there's abundance. In the promised land, it's flowing with milk and honey. In the promised land, you grow stuff and it just grows. In this promised land, favor is upon you, right? But it happens here because when it's here, when it gets in between here, it shows up out here. So the promised land, when I'm talking today, is this, my soul, Right? It's the land when God takes up residence in me, the transformation that's designed to happen in me so that I can walk in the promises of God. Okay? So what about a curse? What's a curse? A curse now, oftentimes we think of a curse as, you know, like my family of origin. We would talk about some different things like your family of origin and all the stupid stuff and the dumb things that they didn't know how not to do, right, gets transferred to you, right? We think of that as a curse, and there's some truth to that, but I think we might miss the, the, the greater point. The greater point is I've actually adopted ways of seeing and believing from my family, right? The way I see is the curse, and what I experience from the way I see, I think that's the curse, but it really is as an outflow of what I'm agreeing with. So if you don't know this, 
If you're experiencing curses in your life, right, this is a tough one, but it's important that you actually see this. It's because you agree with it. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. Well, I know you don't, we don't agree with the outcome, right? We don't agree with the situations, but we do agree with the way we see and think and believe that actually leads us to operate in the situation the way we operate in it. And sometimes even like we throw wood on the fire because of the way we, and we make the situations worse because we're going to fix it. We got a right. It's supposed to be this way. Right? We, you know, oh, yeah, it's always going to happen. <laughs> you know, and we, we recognize like that negative people who are like really negative, like, 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 uh, what was that? You know, the peanuts. What was that one peanut character? He was just, yeah, Charlie Brown. What was one? He was, it was, you know, I lost it. It was, it was such a dated one anyway. Probably didn't matter because like half the population in the room would probably, we don't know who that is. That's probably why you guys, nah, don't go there. But you see, like, people that are, like, always negative around things, it's like they're expecting bad to happen. And it's amazing how much bad happens, right? Why? A lot of it is just because their expectations and their belief system actually creates the ground for that enemy to operate. You're like, you open the door and you're saying, okay, here, enemy, operate, because I believe in such a way I'm giving you permission to operate. So then let's go back to blessings. So blessings are when I see and agree with what is true, I facilitate God stepping into the situation. And what is true from heaven's reality shows up in my reality because of what I believe. So a curse is the exact opposite. Hell, the enemy, destruction, famine, lack shows up because of what I believe and because I've empowered them and I've given permission. I've said, hey, I agree with what you say is true. Come on in. That's what we do. We don't realize it, right? But that's actually what we're doing. I, I know this is really bad news. I'm like, some of you are like, oh, man, this is terrible. Okay. It's good to know, though, because see, if I know, now I can be empowered to do something. Well, it's like, if I play a role in that, then how do we do, stop doing that? Right? Now I have a, like something I can target. And so this is, this is what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to be talking about like, how do we walk with God and recognize what God's doing so my agreement is in the right place because I'm designed to have the promised land. But do you? See, I already know this, right? Nobody has to convince me of this. I am fully there. I've already, I'm already experiencing it, right? So nobody has to convince me. But I can remember a time I was not fully convinced. It was a hope, but it wasn't a belief. And that's what I want to talk to you, because I, I would venture to say, most of the people in the room, it's a hope and not a belief. For some of the people in the room, you're kind of hoping that you can hope. Right? You're like, I would really like to hope that. I don't even, can't even see that at all. Right? That's okay, because there's space in the process for that. So let me, let me get moving, because I'm going to run out of time. I'm, so we're going we're gonna to talk about um, the story of, of Israel coming out of Egypt. Let me say this too, like when you look at the Old Testament, it is in the ministry and you know, 
Bible school and like people talk about it and they're like types and shadows. And I, and, and I just felt like I probably ought to explain what types and shadows are because I was going to make the statement, these are all types and shadows. So what's a type and shadow? So God's dealing with Israel, right? He's dealing with the Bible characters in the Old Testament on the natural level, right? But they speak to a spiritual reality. Unfortunately for them, they couldn't see the spiritual reality. They, they were on the wrong side of it, right? Because they're like going through it. And so it's a, it's a natural reality, God's showing up, but they see everything operating in the natural realm for the most part. And then you have those who heard God and start operating the spiritual, who kind of rise to the top and make it into the book, like Abraham and David and different Bible characters. They were the ones that were able to actually catch on to some spiritual truths and operate in those spiritual truths. And God used their situations to give us something now that we can look back at and say, this is how it works in the spirit, okay? And so I'm going to talk about that today. So everybody know the story of the children of Israel in Egypt and their slaves, right? Would anybody say, yeah, they're blessed, right? Here we go. These guys, <laughs> it is so sad, the story, right? God shows up to them, and he's just a story, right? Nobody knows God. Nobody's interacted with God except Moses, and he's been in the desert. You know, he's, Moses shows back up, and all of a sudden, they're hearing God is whacking on the guys who enslaved him. And it's like, whack, whack, whack. And, you know, there's 10 plagues, and I'm assuming you know, somebody watched the Ten Commandments movie, right? And, 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 and so he's whacking on them, and, and, and they have different reactions. Some of them are like, they're getting mad, and they're taking it out on us. Stop! And they're getting blessed, and they don't know it. Others are like, this is pretty good. We might have a chance of getting out of here. You know? And so depending on your perspective, you could see that as a blessing or not so much. Now, obviously, the Egyptians didn't feel very blessed at the time, Right? Unfortunately for them, they got to be the bad example of being the enemy, right? Representing death, hell, and the slavery that the enemy, you know, we came into at the garden when we ate the fruit and decided to leave God and say, we're going to do it on our own. So we let the enemy in. The enemy owns us now, right? And God is saying, you know what? I'm going to send Jesus, because this is the spirituality. Jesus is going to come in and is going to free you. Now, some of you in the room might have never experienced like what it's like that God shows up and says, you are free, right? So t- today, I want you to recognize that might be you. So you're free. And see, he says, so after 10 plagues, the Egyptians are like, please go, leave, go. <laughs> you need to go. We can't take it anymore, right? And think about it. The enemy's like, go, yeah, right? Changes his mind. No, we're not going to let you go. So they get baptized going through the Red Sea. When they get baptized in the Red Sea, the enemy gets cut off from them. They can't mess with him anymore. They can't keep him enslaved anymore. Some of you might need to be baptized. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name and you're wondering why you're getting hammered, could be that you're still a slave and you don't know it. Just saying. And so if you don't know my style of preaching, I, I, I poke people in the eye. I love you, king. I love you, king. You know, but I know, like, you need to hear this. 
right? Because if I didn't tell you it, I've got to answer to him, and this is how he talks to me. I'm so messed up that, like, this is the only prism that he can talk to me. Is like the lens I see through. So he's like, yes, that's how you have to preach then, because that's who you are. So, so they're coming out of Egypt. Say, are they being blessed? Were they blessed when they went through the Red Sea? And they're like, and they're trucking through there as fast as they can get, right, with all of their stuff. Were they being blessed? Yeah. Were they being blessed when they were on the other side and they're going through the desert and they're like, whoa, we don't have any food, God. We're going to die. It'd be better if we were back in Egypt. I'm like, really? You read that and you're like, seriously? But God's blessing them, right? He's actually giving them food. So, okay, here's some food. God, we don't have any water. We're going to die. It would be better if we were back in Egypt. Okay, here's some water. Right? I'm going to give you some water. Are they being blessed? Yeah. Let me ask you something. Was the promised land theirs? At that time, was the promised land theirs? Yeah, it was. They didn't know it. (laughs) They couldn't see it. They couldn't believe it. But it was theirs. So then they go to the mountain, Mount Sinai, meet God. God, very scary God. Don't talk to us, God. (laughs) They're very scary. Right? Were they being blessed? They were being blessed tremendously. Was their mindset able to, like, recognize the blessing? No. They were like, no, Moses, you go talk to God. We're probably going to die if we go up there and see him, right? You know, knowing what we know now, we're like, That's, that was, like, kind of dumb, right? But if you're in the situation, do you know you're under a curse when you're under a curse? Do you know your mindset is all jacked up from God's perspective when you're in the mindset? Not so much, do you? That was us. We're Israel. So God's like, I met with you. I'm talking with you. Come on, we're going we're gonna to talk together. I'm going to talk to you about who I am, how I see things. And not only that, I am going to live in the middle of your camp. Some of you need God in the middle of your camp. Right? If you don't have God in the middle of your camp, like you can't go down to the promised land because you ain't going to do that without God. It ain't happening. Right? Some of you need to be filled with the Spirit of God. You're designed to be filled with the Spirit of God. God's like, hey, I want to come and live in the middle of your camp. Will you let me come and be in your camp? If you're like, no, nah, not so much, God. You might ask me to do something I don't really want to do. You're scary. You know, that might be the place you need to kind of work on right now, like, God, help me to see that. So God comes, he's in the middle of their camp, and they start trucking to the promised land. Along the way, you know, they got a little problem here, a little problem there. God's showing up, God's showing up, God's showing up. He's blessing, he's blessing. Some of them take it well, some of them not so much. Every, every mindset that isn't from God, isn't, doesn't agree with God, you start seeing it dying, dying. But they get to the promised land, and God's like, hey, that's the promised land. I promise that to you. That is yours. Do you want to take it? And they're like, hey, let's send in 10. Or let's send in 12 guys. We'll go check it out. We'll come back, tell you what it's like. 10 of them come back. (laughs) They're going to kill us. They're like huge giants in the land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's an awesome place. Well, we ain't going to be able to survive it because they're going to kill us. 
Okay? Two of them are like, yes, we can take it. Ten win. Everybody else is like, no, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. See, it wasn't a question of whether God can get them into the promised land. It was a question of whether they could walk with God in the promised land. See, because God can't give you the promised land, right? And then if you ain't going to walk with him, it doesn't work. This doesn't work. It, none of this works. Blessings, overflow, favor, abundance, authority, right? You cannot operate in what you think is important around God. Like, I want to have blessings. Have you ever wondered why God might, like, what's, why do you want the blessing? Right? This would be the question. Why do I want the blessing? And then if you say, okay, if you answer that really honestly, and then you ask the question, well, why does God want me to have the blessing? I suspect those are two very different answers. Could it be that if he blessed you according to the way you think right now, it would mess you up? So is God's love then, I'm going to give you financial abundance if it's going to destroy you. How would that be love? Like, he's not stupid. He's like the smartest thing we know. He knows what's going to happen. So he's like, he's like, I love you so much, I will let you go through this trial in the desert to get you ready for the promised land. Because they, they can't go in now, right? He's like, nope, we're not going in then. You guys don't agree with me about what I said I can do with you. You guys aren't ready yet. So let's go back out in the desert. That sounds like an awesome idea, God, right? So they go back out in the desert. Now, now you've got to remember, right, what's happening. Do you, know how they, do you know how they marched? This is how they marched. This is what God told them. This is how we're going to do it. And this is how they did it. It's daytime, right? They're in their camp. In the middle of the camp is the tabernacle. This is where the presence of God resides, right in the middle, right? Out of the top of the middle of the tent, right, shoots smoke that makes a cloud and is covering them. So they're covered. You ever heard like covering in church cover, right? This is like a type and shadow of that. He's covering them and protecting them from the heat. He's showing them favor, even though they're in the desert. And then he's like, it's time to move. You know how they know to move? Because he starts moving. <laughs> the cloud starts moving. And they're like, okay, everybody pack up. And they pack all up and they start moving with them. And then he stops. They set up camp again. And he starts moving. And he's, what is he doing? He's teaching them how to walk with God. So in your life right now, are you experienced like, God seems to not be here. Maybe he moved. <laughs> Maybe you were supposed to move with him, and he's trying to communicate it to you. You, you following me? See, I'm not like, this is not just a funny story. I'm telling you, this is the way it works. See, why do you think we talk about hearing the voice of God all the time? If you don't learn how to do that, you can't go into the promised land. So learning to hear is part of the process. Learning to move when he moves is that process. And so they, they come across situations again, and they, they blow it, right? So for 40 years, and I am not prophetically speaking to you that it's going to take you 40 years, okay? It's a type and shadow. 
So over the course of these 40 years, right, every single mindset that had the authority to control the way they thought, which was age 20 and above, when they came out of Egypt, died. It died off. They died. Some of them died from natural causes. Some of them died because they were knuckleheads, you know? They were going to put their foot on the ground. This is the way we think it is. God's like, yeah, okay, goodbye. Right? And so, but they're not people. For us, it's a type and set of a mindset. God is perfectly willing. He loves killing off mindsets. That's a blessing. I'll say that last part again because I get no amens on that one. That's a blessing. See, when you're going through the desert, learning how to follow him and walk with him, and there's a mindset that shows up that's directly in competition with what God's telling you is true, he's trying to kill it. Will you follow him? See, now I'm going to back the truck up, right? This is why when you back up to getting filled with the Holy Ghost, when you back up to be willing to follow him out of Egypt and get baptized, you have to give him your heart. And you're going to find out just how much of your heart you've given him when you get down the road and you reach the point where he's like, okay, it's time to die. We're going to kill something today. That's how you know how much of your heart you've given him. If I haven't given, if I really haven't given my heart, I will not let him tell me something I don't want to hear because I'm right and he's probably wrong. Or we'll just be like, la, 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 I didn't hear that. I did not hear that. I can't hear God's voice. He's not talking to me. I know I'm being funny and I'm being facetious and I'm poking in the eye on purpose. But some of us are doing that. We're like, oh, we can't hear God talk. No, we can hear God talk. We can. We just don't like what he's saying. Now, you know why I'm telling you this? I love you. I want you to be blessed. I want you to inherit what you're designed to inherit. God, the whole purpose of my existence, being one with him, is so that you can be who you're designed to be. Right? The reason why he's invested into me and created me like this and you, what you see coming out of me right now and me spending a week just meditating and considering and hearing him and being ready to actually give this away, he's doing, we're, me and him are going through all of that because I know his heart for you. Right? This isn't like my favorite thing to do. This is fun. Right? But if you're talking about like my favorite thing to do, this doesn't rise to the top of the list, right? I've got non-spiritual things that are fun, right? Like one of the funnest things I ever did was rent a four-wheeler, those, those buggy things, on the dunes. There are sand dunes. If you don't know this, it's amazing. It's like the biggest hidden secret on the coast of Oregon, overlooking the ocean, are the highest sand dunes in the United States of America. Nobody knows about them. It's awesome. It was a blast. That would be funner than this, right? But it wouldn't be better than this. And it wouldn't be more of a blessing than this. So they spend all this time 
after 40 years, now they are ready to go in. Now, did they know it? I don't know that they knew it. I don't know that it's like, hey, we're about a year away. I think we're going to go in. I think what happened is they just reached that point, and God's like, starts moving them toward and say, hey, now we're going to go. And they start heading towards the promised land. So they're going to the promised land, and it's interesting because some of the people that they need to conquer, right, some of the giants, not people, because people aren't your problem. So we always people. We use giants. Some of the giants are on the east side of Jordan, right? Most of everything they designed to conquer is on the west side of Jordan. And then there's, there's some people along the way that just want to fight. And God's like, okay, hey, we're going to go fight now. We're going to go fight with God. Boom. Hey, wow, this was awesome. We won. We're going to go fight. Mm, we won. We're going to go fight. We won. We can win. <laughs> this is awesome. How come we weren't winning the same way before? Because I'm different. Because I see different and I connect to God differently. I see him differently. I'm able to lean into where he says, move. I'm like, there, I'm moving. He's like, swing. I swing. Because I hear him, I'm moving with him. He's the one doing all the work. I'm just following directions. So we get to a certain place, and now I've got my scripture because you know you're preaching. I've got to have scripture. Actually, I love it, so I'm just being facetious. So let me give you the, the setup here. Moses, because he did something, because he was a knucklehead too. Even awesome as he was as a man of God, he was still a knucklehead. And God's like, you're not going to go into the promised land. There's only two people that are going to go into the promised land that were over 20 when they tried to go in the first time. Those were the two guys that came back with a good report and said, we can take the land. God is with us. Those two guys are going to be able to go in. Everybody else, they all died. So he's not allowed to go in, but he's talking to the people just before they go in. And he has this whole discourse, and he talks about the blessings and the curses. Right? In the blessings, your fields are going to be blessed. Your children are going to be blessed. Like everything you put your hand to is going to be blessed. And, and then, so he's got these blessings, and then he talks about the curses. Your fields are going to be cursed. Your children are going to be cursed. Everything you put your hand to is going to be cursed, right? He's like, this is your choice today. He says, and if you mess this up, if your descendants down the road mess this up, they can come back. And this is what he's telling them. This is, this is where it starts. And this is, this is his little discourse. I'm going to talk, I'm going to kind of bounce around this, right? And give you some of the pieces. And I want you to notice some of the pieces that he highlights here. And this is what he says in Deuteronomy 30, 2 and 3. He says, if at that time you and your children return to the Lord, your God, and if you obey with all your heart and with all of your soul, all the commands I have given you today. Now, you should be reading that as everything I'm telling you today. If you will follow his voice today, if you will give him all of your heart today, if you will give him your soul, your emotions, what you think is right and wrong, your intellect, your will, if you will give him 
what makes up your soul. This is what he says. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. He will have mercy on you and gather you back from all the nations where have you been scattered. I'm going to jump to verse 6. The Lord your God, this, this, I found this one very interesting. This just jumped out of the page on me. The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and soul so that you may live. And, and, and think about it. This is what he's saying. If you'll come to me with all your heart, with all your soul, with everything about who you are, if you will come to me that way, I will change your heart. Why? Because we need a heart transplant. We need the change of heart. He wants to give us the change of heart. But the condition was, we have to give him everything first. Then verse 9, he says, The Lord your God will make you successful in everything you do. He will give you many children, numerous livestock. He will cause your fields to produce abundant harvests. For the Lord again will again delight in being good to you as he was to your ancestors. See, our soul is where we find the promised land, the kingdom of God. That's where we find it. That's the place the giants have gathered. They've settled in. They're trying to keep you out. Because if you discover how to take the land, the enemy loses. See, he lost when he lost us. And Jesus actually took us out. When we got out of slavery, when we got filled with the Holy Ghost, the enemy lost us. But when we get into the promised land, we step into identity. When we become who we're designed to be, the enemy loses at a whole nother level. We then are able to be a blessing to our descendants, our children, the people we come in contact. We're able to actually bring the kingdom of God to the people around us. That's why the enemy inhabits the land, to keep you from being who you are. The question for all of us is, are we willing to go into the land? Are we willing to engage in the process? Are we willing to follow him and let him do the work that means killing things so that I can become who I'm designed to be? Because you don't, you don't get there without going through here. It has to be that way. There is no other way. Like, you showing up on Sunday isn't enough. That's not what he's asking to do. He uses us gathering together, hearing him as a vehicle for the other things to get started to get prompted, to help us see, to understand how we're going through. But it's the stuff you're going through Monday through Saturday that challenges you that you need. You need it. The thing that's bothering you the most right now, you need it. It is your salvation. It is the thing that's going to help you become who you're designed to be. 
if you run from it, you're missing the point. If you avoid it, you're missing the point. The devil is a tool. The giants were a tool. The problems in the desert are all tools. God uses the tools to help us discover who we're designed to be. Every blessing that comes into your life has purpose. Every blessing that comes, comes into your life where God moves into the space because you've invited him, you've submitted to him, actually gives you the opportunity to see things differently. Every blessing has purpose. He is communicating with you. He's showing you something about him. He's showing you something about how he sees you. If you will tune in to what he's saying, it's going to do something in you. It has purpose. The blessings lead to you being blessed to be a blessing. So I'm going to go back to identity, and I I want you to catch this. Remember when I asked you the question, why do you want to be blessed? And then I, I said, like, what would God answer that? The reason why he's blessing you is because blessings have a purpose in developing you so that you can step into identity. Your identity is designed to be one with him. See, as I change the way I think, as I think differently, as I become who I'm designed to be, I'm going to step into a place where I start seeing the situations I'm in differently, the people I'm coming in contact with differently. He's going to be like, I want to love on this person over here. I want you to give them $5,000. And your heart responds by saying, oh, this is going to be good. when you're one with him because you understand resources are not a problem for him. See, this is why he uses money and resources, natural resources, to really help us understand this because it's the easiest thing for us to understand. So he works with the natural because it's the easiest to turn the light on with. But see, I've, I know I've reached the place I'm supposed to when I think about resources in such a way that says, you know what? If $5,000 is all I had, he would actually provide more because that's who he is. That's just the nature of who he is. And I I know who I am with him, and and I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be fine. And so my reaction isn't, well, if I don't have the $5,000, I'm not going to pay the bill. Or, you know, I'm not going to be able to go on vacation. Or What does that mean? You see what I'm saying? So, like, my, the reaction of my heart tells me where I'm at in the process. Because when I've reached the place in that area of my life where I'm like, God has an overflow, he's jo- asking me to join with him in being the representation of heaven on the earth. So people, because why? Because when they get blessed, what's God doing? 
He's introducing himself to them. He's trying to help them see him differently. If they're not being blessed, how does that work for them if that's exactly the way it worked for me? So let's go to the spiritual. We had a... a, Who was that? We had him come over. We talked about praying for people and going out and healing. City Quake. You guys are my brain. Like City Quake came. I'm not beating you guys up. But do you know we couldn't, as a house, we couldn't carry that together? Do you know why? Because we don't see ourselves as ones that receive heaven's resources and are free to give it away all the time. See, the people that showed up for that and then went out, they were like, yes, God's going to show up. Yes, God's blessing us. Yes, God's going to bless other people. He heals. That's what he does. He's asking me to join with him. That's what their mindset was. That's what enabled them to go out and do it. The struggle, like even I have at that time, like I'm, I, I was... I, I can tell you I've grown from that point to now to where when I went to the hospital Friday, it showed me how much my heart had actually changed, right? But I still, I had, like when City Quake was here, I still struggled with, what if doesn't happen? You know, what if? That still was creeping in. The enemy, like he was talking to me about it. I was able to fight it and go, back, you no speak. You know what I'm saying? But I was still fighting the battle. Right? So the battle's there. And the, like, right? and so the battle's not there now just because I don't even let myself, I didn't let myself go there on Friday. I just like, no, I can feel like, no, I'm not having a conversation. You see what I'm saying? That, that's what it looks like inside for me. I imagine that's what it looks like for all people. But we couldn't carry that because we don't know who we are enough to be able to carry that. And interestingly enough, I suspect this is how God works. He's been working with me on understanding favor, blessing, and abundance in the natural. I started moving through that, and it showed me more about that. Now, there might be some of you that he works with this and goes the other direction, right? I don't, like, I'm assuming not everybody's like me, but I think most people are like me. So are you ready? I'm going to give you a warning. I'm going to, like, poke you right in the eye. I'm going to say this with love, right? I'm going to say this, and, and I, I, I wasn't even planning on it. In fact, I was actually planning to avoid it, right? But he's, like, brought up to me, and so, like, when he moves, I'm going to move with him, right? I'm going to ask you a question straight up. I'm, like, I'm asking you, okay, so how do I do this now, right? I'm actually like in my head like rolling through that, just so you know. That's what the pause is. How do I do this then? How many of you struggle with tithing right now? You think it's about this. You have an opinion about that. You will, like, and I would venture every single one of you struggle with understanding blessings and the natural and operating in abundance. I would almost guarantee it. I would put money on it. If you lined, if everybody was truthfully lined up, I would put money on it. Every single one of you that struggle with tithing also struggle with understanding abundance. You know why? Because you got told God no. You, got, you told God, I don't agree with that. Other people have abused that. 
the enemy said, hey, this is what it means. This is how you should see it. This is what it means. They're trying to get And you're like, yeah, 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 I agree with that. Yeah, that's what it is. And God's like, okay, I love you. I want to kill that, right? But you're not going to let it, you're not letting him kill that. So he can't go any further. He's trying to go around it. He's trying to, like, here, let's talk about this. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. And you think, like, and I was telling Dwayne, I don't mind talking about this because I have zero, you know, I have zero skin in the game. If all of you gave $5,000 today to the house, it would change nothing for me, right? And the way God operates in my life, I don't need your money anyway. I could care less as far as money is concerned. The only reason why I'm telling you this is I want you to get out from underneath the curses that you're under. I care about you, right? And, and, and I even have my vested interest in it is this doesn't go where it's supposed to go. I'm like, I'm flapping my wheel, you know, paddling and flapping and working and like, come on, church, we're going. We can't get there if you don't figure this part out. Because you're designed to be a blessing to other people. You're designed to be able to give away. So like, like our mindsets around these things are important. So like the stuff I'm talking to today, it's a foundational stone to be able to help you understand. how You have to give him your heart. Right? And then you have to follow him when he talks. Right? There's, a, there's another thing, and we're going to be talking about this. Like this, we're, this is going to be a theme for a little while, I suspect. Because God's talking to the house about this right now right? You have to recognize it all belongs to him anyway. It's not yours. It's not mine. You're not giving away anything that belongs to you. Like when I really believe that, when I really believe that, then there is no lack, right? I'm not like losing anything, right? <laughs> because it's a, it's a river I swim in, I just don't, like, there's no, it's not a pie to where if I cut a piece of the pie and I give it to you, I have less pie. It's a pie that's like, it's like the the widow, like, I can't go into that story completely, but the widow with the oil, and you talked about it, right? God was talking to me, so I didn't get all the story, so. (laughs) But you talked about that last week, right? The oil, pouring the oil out? Who talked about that? I don't know, never mind. See, isn't it amazing? Like anybody who knows me, they know that he has no memory at all. Like he doesn't remember nothing. Like it's amazing God even uses him. Remember where the church is at. But it's like the it's like the oil. It's so like she pours the, the, the she pours the oil out, right? And and it fills back up again. She pours the oil out and fills back up again. And she pours the oil out and fills back up again, right? That's speaking about the kingdom. See, he wants us to be like that. We're, we understand, like, whatever God's putting in my hands, it's like, burp, more's going to come. Boop, more's going to come. Boop, more's going to come. Wow, what a blessing that would be. Hey, you need some oil? Hey, you need some oil? Would you like some oil? Would you like some oil? Would you like some oil? You see what I'm saying? I mean, that changes the game, but it's a way of thinking. I can tell you, the conversations I have with Dwayne, the conversations I have with the leaders of this house, it is about how to help you guys step into identity. Right? Our calling is to change the city. Our calling is to change our families. Our calling is to be a blessing that when people come in contact with us, they experience heaven. 
in Jesus' name right now, be healed. Pain go away, just relaxing in the neck. Jesus' name. I just be healing over that right now. Thank you, Jesus. I, I saw you doing that. I'm just like, God's, yes, God's going to do it. So, Eric and Lindsay, so while we're praying for you, I, I, I told God, okay, I'll bring it back up if you remind me, because I got to remind of everything. He showed me something, and, and he, he, these, these, this is what I heard. He said, you guys have a ministry of a lighthouse and a spotlight. And so I don't know, know, how all the, you know like, what all that means, but I know God's going to be doing something with you. So let me close, because I am like, that time. So I'm going to read to you verse 19. I'm going to read to you what Moses told the children of Israel. And I want you to hear what he's saying to you right now. <clears throat> Today I give you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You, you yourself, for, excuse me, you can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land. And I'm going to add that he promised you. So if you're at that place today, if you could stand up. If, and I'm, I'm doing that on purpose to get you to just move, start moving. Because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we get resistant just being led by God. And I want you to be free to move with God if he's moving on you in the slightest. In just the slightest. Some of you, when I was talking earlier, you might be at that place where I'm just starting to believe that Jesus loves me. I'm just struggling just to know that he's alive. And I want you to know that 2,000 years ago, Jesus went to where you were captive and he gave the enemy a smackdown he never recovered from. He has to let you go. He does not own you anymore. And if you haven't been baptized, baptize him. That's the place where we pass through and he just cannot follow anymore. There is authority that you become part of who God is. You become part of Jesus. You get baptized into him. If you're needing that today, There'll be some people over there by the baptismal. We would love to baptize you. Some of you need to go to the mountain. You need to meet with him. You need to let him into your camp. You can't go without him. And some of you have been trying and you're wondering why it's not working. The reason why it's not working is you're not designed to live without him. There is no life without him.
our submission to him, our willingness to give him our hearts, mind, soul, everything about who we are is the way we get there. And if you struggled with receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just know today's a good day that he loves you. And if today might be the day where you just are able to just let him have you. Others, you're at that place where, God, I really haven't submitted to the process of letting you kill things in my life. You need to hear him on that. Because the question is, are you willing? Because you can be filled with the Spirit of God and still be afraid to let him kill things in your life. Some of you are ready to go in the promised land. And the enemy convinced you, you can't kill giants. You're not that strong. And I would agree, you're not. But the one who goes with you is more than able to deliver you. So we're going to have some people come up here. They'll pray with you. But if anything I've said resonates and you feel God talking to you, I would suggest moving out of your seat. Just because there's something about that for most people, it just helps to move. To move with him. And if he's telling you to move onto your knees, move onto your knees. If he's telling you to move to the front, move to the front. If he's telling you to, to, I don't know, run around the building, look foolish. Some of you, that might resonate. But follow him.